what's happening, everybody? It's the third episode, and uh, we're starting to get a little little comfortable, but uh, not too comfortable. As promised, we're going to give you two uh, conference playoff preview episodes here. So we are going to start with Eastern Conference. Uh, Kendall, what do you got for us? Quite a bit, man. It's playoff time. Couldn't be more excited than this, to be honest with you. We've been waiting all season for this. Took us a long time to get started on our podcast, ben but I'd say, I'd say we started at the right time. Uh, oh, it goes yeah. without... Jump in while the coals are hot. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Ed Snyder has passed. Longtime owner of the Philadelphia Flyers. Tremendous individual. Great owner, great person. Everything that I've heard. You know, we've shared a couple of stories that we've heard about the man. Uh, it's It's a sad day in hockey. It's an exciting day. But it's a sad day, um, and we know that that Ed Snyder himself would be would be pretty down if 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 we set aside our ambitions and excitement for the start of the postseason. The man lived professional sports. He lived the Philadelphia Flyers. He lasted just long enough to see them break into the postseason. So our condolences to him, his family, and everyone involved. There is a there is a video you can watch where um, the anthem singer had him on Facetime during the anthem for that last game. Uh, just a couple. I saw that. I saw that. Um, that was really cool. Yeah, it sucks. A ferocious and fiery owner, and his his teams reflected that. I think back to the teams that I that I saw like uh, growing up as a Wings fan when we uh, played the Flyers in the. Stanley Cup Finals in 97, you know, they they had Garth Snow and uh, Ron Hextall's goalies. Why don't you compute that for a minute? It was a different time, and it's pretty neat to to go back and take a look at the evolution of the game and how much Snyder had to do with it. But with that being said, there are other things that have happened, obviously less important ones across the National Hockey League since we last spoke. We're not getting into that tonight. We're talking playoffs. That's what it's all about. Saturday by 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The matchups that we spoke of last time between the Flyers, the Red Wings, and the Bruins to determine the two final Eastern Conference playoff seeds all came to a head. The Red Wings lost to the Rangers, but would capture their 25th consecutive playoff berth. They just made it in, man. It took the Bruins losing to the Senators, who got a good preview at possibly their next head coach in Claude Julien. And the Flyers came back (laughs) and won an important game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, took some names and numbers with them, but they'll burst into the postseason on a real hot streak. What's impressive to me is the fact that the Red Wings only now match the Blues in terms of consecutive postseason appearances, and they're still just short of the Boston Bruins and Chicago Blackhawks for taking the record. We'll see in the coming years if the Red Wings can carry on and potentially eclipse that record. Those were at 28 years and 29, respectively. Pretty impressive, man. Pretty impressive. So with with the Flyers' victory and the Bruins having been eliminated, I think we should start just there. We've got the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. What do you think of that matchup, man? The news of Ed Snyder's passing, and uh, I, I heard some audio clips earlier of uh, Giroux and Simmons, guys that have been there for 
few years, their reaction. I think this team's going to be fired up, man. I know this isn't a technical evaluation, but I mean, they're going to come in with some fire, man. If for some reason Philly comes in and gets up two nothing or one zero going back in their building, there could be trouble for, for the caps. I mean, um, down the stretch, Steve Mason has been very good for the flyers. I know you can say in any matchup, but it's all about goaltending, but Man, Steve Mason gets a bad rap a lot and for the Flyers and is mediocre. Like they they had eight defensemen on their roster the whole year and they like uh, Dave Haxtall for the first half of the season was shuffling that defense around, even scratching 33-year-old Evgeny Medvedev who was supposed to be the KHL prodigy that came over uh prior to the season. Like he scratched him half the time. You know, like he was trying to figure out his defense, his core and Delzato went down and through all that, um, Neuverth and, and Mason held the fort down. Like those guys are that that's a gnarly goaltending tandem. And the uh, Caps got a lot of offensive firepower, but I do think that goaltending wise, the Flyer the Flyers they can they can compete. I mean, I'll leave it at that for now. Well, they can definitely compete. Uh the, their most recent matchup was good evidence of that. The Flyers won it two to one in a shootout. So there in that in that most recent matchup, we saw that goaltending battle that you're that you're talking about. Uh, what we've got though <clears throat> is Holby, who is easily the Vesna winner. Oh yeah, uh, paired up with um, Alex Ovechkin, who once again takes the scoring race in, in terms of goals scored on that Saturday that we He's spoke done of it seven times. Seven times, I know, I know. <laughs> we we won't talk about we won't talk about that. I know we get in trouble with uh, trailing off, but I just yeah, he's done that seven times. Go ahead. Seven times. Well, and but I love the way he did it. I love the oh, way yeah. he did it because in oh, that yeah. game against St. Louis, who is one of the top teams in the other conference who they could very well end up meeting in the finals. I mean, it's it's possible. He scores a hat trick. He comes in with 47 goals, walks out with a hat trick. There you go. There's 50. But I think we're we're both on the same page. The Flyers are my East Eastern Conference dark horse, and I'm pretty sure they are yours too. And I'm pretty sure they are league wide. I think a lot of people think that the Flyers could come in and and kind of ruffle the feathers if the Washington Capitals have been flying high all season long. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to mention is probably not a popular thing to me- uh, mention, but ever since Andy McDonald got put on waivers and put uh, came back up to the Flyers from the AHL. Dude, he's been very, very productive. And the the things that made him very popular with the Flyers and hence why a lot of teams wanted to sign him, dude, he's played really well for them. I've watched them play, and Andy, Andy McDonald's been really good for the Flyers, and that's a good sign. You've got big hitting shutdown guys like Goodish and McDonald there. Um, you kind of wish – like you kind of wish you could see uh, Delzato uh, paired with Gostasbear. Not paired, but like on, on that one side – yeah. Um, oh man, that type of puck puck mobility with those forwards and some of the speed they have that that would be that'd be out of control. But um, their defense is better. My my main point was their defense is better than what was given credit at the beginning of the year or the first half of the season where Hackstall was just fumbling around trying to find D pairs. I think they've got it settled and their defense has been pretty good. And paired with with Mason and Neuverth, they can give somebody a run for their money. Man, I know we had the argument the other day uh, on on the last podcast, but. Uh, even those last couple games, Voracek had a couple gnarly passes to Simmons for goals, and and Giroux and Simmons got that type of fire. Like, well, their their defense is going to have to be good to to stop the Washington Capitals. I mean, it's pretty well documented what they've done this season, and it's pretty impressive that Evgeny Kuznetsov has had the year <clears throat> that he has, uh, coming away to lead the team in points. 
obviously Ovechkin leading the team in goals. Nicholas Backstrom, though, has shown an ability to score at a better clip than he has in, in years past. He's not just limited to an assist guy. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom has developed a, a scoring touch that has been real solid for the Caps. And the, the, the goal differential is really impressive to me. The Caps come in with a plus 59 goal differential. Well, obviously, obviously first in the league. But what's real interesting is when you look at these two teams matched up together, the Flyers are, are better in terms of faceoffs. But when you look at their Corsi numbers, their save percentage numbers, it's very, very similar. It's very similar. So I, I think we could actually see a really good first round matchup between these two teams. A lot of that has to do with, with Barry Trotz. Uh, he's implemented a solid defensive system over the past two years. He's got these caps playing the way he wants them to. They're playing a different game. We saw it last year. We saw the possibilities of, of them. You know, I thought they could go all the way last year. It didn't happen. You could see the disappointment on Ovechkin's face, but he's got him clicking, man. So it's it's certainly going to be a, a a tough matchup. Yeah, we can't all we can't we can't get too folded up in the fact that they won the President's Trophy and it looks so do- dominant because even without Trots there, they've done this before. But yet you have to keep that in mind. And I hate to be the the party pooper or ran on the parade because I I'm a big fan of the Caps. I'm a huge fan of Barry Trotz. I think he got the raw deal in Nashville, but man, we've seen him do this before with uh, Bruce Boudreaux. We've seen him do this. They win the President's Trophy. They look dominant. The defense is good. The goaltending's good, and they just get they just get romped. It just happened like that, dude. Yaroslav Halak is still dining out on contract money because of what he did to the Capitals when he played for Montreal, and we both know it. <laughs> You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that, yeah, no, that, that happens, you know? So I'm trying not to get too caught up in that. And I, I find myself looking at the Flyers, man. Like if I got to call this series, I know that uh, predictions are bad when you put a caveat on them. But I'm I'm going to leave my prediction at this. If, if the Flyers manage to win one of the first two games in Washington, I think the Flyers win in seven. Really? You got the Flyers upset and the, the Caps, eh? If they steal a game in Washington and then they go back to Philly with the Ed Snyder parade, which I'm not mocking it by any means, dude, that that dude, that game three in Philly is going to be rocking. That's going to be crazy. And if the Flyers go in with a tied series and they steal a game, that's anybody's series, man. And I kind of think the Flyers got the mojo to they, – they could do it. And I love the Caps, man. I want it. I, I, my, my preseason pick was the Caps in the finals. I'm not saying I don't want the Caps to win, but I, I honestly, if I'm being completely honest and unbiased, I got Philly in seven, man. Which, what, what do you got? <clears throat> well, we mentioned Barry Trotz and his his coaching tactics, taking this Capital team to a different level, playing the right kind of hockey. Got to say the same thing about Laviolette. He's got this play, this team playing. I mean, Hackstall, um, he's got this team playing the right way. But the big difference, I do agree, it's in the goal. Uh, Steve Mason is third in the league in adjusted save percentage. So if he can top Braden Holpe, he can shut down that Washington Capitals offense. Uh, you know, Braden Holpe doesn't have it easy either. The The top line in Philadelphia has got pretty much 330 goal scores on it. Claude Giroux is only at 22 yeah, but it Flyers, is Claude Giroux, and, and Claude Giroux in the playoffs. It yeah. is what it is. I will say this. If the Flyers can break things up, 
something I've wanted to see from the Flyers for a while. Get Giroux and Simmons or Giroux and Voracek, like it always was before on that top line. Get Braden Shen down on the second line next to a Simmons or a Voracek. And get Sean Couturier, who is incredibly underrated by by many people in the National Hockey League. Sean Couturier is an excellent shutdown two-way center. He can take that top defensive role against the Ovechka line or against the Kuznetsov line. If they can spread things out a little bit, I like him, but I'm not taking him. I can't do it. I can't go against the Caps in this matchup. My pick is Washington in six. Down the middle, Philly's Philly's got it down the middle. It looks good, uh, but I that 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 fourth line, man. I mean, what, what do you got going on that fourth line if you're Philly? Not a whole lot, man. And <clears throat> one last point: um, you brought up the bottom six, the Capitals' offseason acquisitions and deadline acquisitions oh, are yeah. just solid, man. Justin Williams, Mister Game Seven, TJ Oshie's opened up the ice on the top line. Then they go out and they add a couple of, of key players. Daniel Winnick down there in the bottom six. Dude. Mike Richards. It's pretty good, man. It's hard to contest the bottom six in, in Washington versus the bottom six in Philadelphia. You know, a lot of people slam on Mike Richards, but Barry Trotz has been on the record countless times saying, I know Mike Richards isn't putting up points, but in the fourth third line center role he's been very good like just defensively he's been great which has never been questioned from him never been questioned yep it'll be pretty great to see mike richards take on the philadelphia flyers in round one. Oh jesus christ <laughs> all right so 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 to wrap that up you wh- wh- i know you already said it but just just to state it your your prediction is what caps in six i got flyers in seven all right buddy that takes care of Washington versus Philadelphia. All right, man. So the uh, the middle matchup, the old uh, two three in the uh, Metropolitan. We got the Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. How do you feel about that? Oh, I feel for the Rangers. I do because nobody Me wanted too. to, to face too. Pittsburgh coming into the first round. Nobody. And in fact, I nobody. was pretty convinced that the Rangers were trying to not let this happen. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But it happened. Pittsburgh's yep. got the series between the two of them, three and one in the regular season. Uh, last time they met Sidney Crosby, strong heart candidate, buried the overtime winner. Might be a good insight into uh, what lies ahead for the Rangers. Well, honestly, it's an insight to what's been going on with the Penguins for the past couple months like Crosby's just been he's just put this whole team on his back and he's he's been skating it away man so that one overtime winner is not the indication the indication is he's been killing it for months now he has he's he's led the team that's exactly what we all expect out of Sidney Crosby they've gotten 14 wins in their last 16 games oh yeah Crosby Crosby rockets up to third in scoring Mm-hmm. And that's after the most impressive thing is that's after a terrible, terrible start from the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sydney himself. And since the coaching change, it's clicked and and they're on fire. Well, Mike Sullivan is a uh, a, 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 pro, a protege of John Tortorella. What what you like about Tortorella, Sullivan has, but Sullivan is like right minded, not out of his freaking rocker like like Tortorella. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 
Well, Lane Vigneault is not a bad coach either. You know, he's I think he's made the best of this Rangers team that's been for well, I me, was spe- I was speaking more. I was speaking more towards like the change, the change that Mike Sullivan brought to the Penguins when Crosby started turning it on. Right. Yeah. Now there was definitely a disconnect there. You know, whether it be just purely in systems or the way that he handles the players, but it doesn't just change overnight like that. But the the coaching change since that time, we've seen a different Penguins team. And I mean, up until that that point in time. You and me, maybe not you. I won't speak for you, but but me Don't personally, speak for me. <laughs> me personally, I didn't think the Penguins were even going to make the playoffs. Now they no, come in no, as no, an no, obvious no, favorite, no, 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 and they could easily go to the finals. They could easily go to the finals with this team. It's crazy to say that, but they could. The East is the least, my friend. That's been the that's been the powerhouse saying for years. The East is the least. That's so, right. Yeah, they could. They could find their way through, especially if Philly knocks off Washington. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Don't you love the first round? Gosh, I love the first round. So the Rangers, the Rangers can score goals. They're seventh in goals per game, but they're sixteenth in goals against average. You don't want to get into goal scoring bout with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hell obviously, no. obviously no. you have to shut it down defensively. Well, they don't defensively. Got defensively, there's some problems, and and you just pinned it right there. Ryan McDonough potentially out for the entirety of the first round, and if he's back, he's probably not a hundred percent. No, and then you flip it to the other side of that stat you you thrown. Uh, how's Eric Stahl feeling? Well, it certainly thins out their offense, um, but Eric Stahl wasn't a key piece for the majority of the season. The Rangers no. have been one of the most difficult teams for me to to pick apart personally because everything seems so spread out. You never really know which line to key in on offensively. They're a great counterattacking team, and that's the one thing that I like about the Rangers against the Penguins is the Penguins are obviously going to spend a lot of time in the Rangers' zone. Lundqvist has the ability to shut down some of the league's best, and you know what? He's had the Penguins' number in the postseason. He's won. He's gone seven and one in their last meeting, uh, last eight meetings rather, in the postseason. If anyone could be a major difference maker for the Rangers and win them a series. We know that it's Henrik Lundqvist. It's a tall, tall order, and I don't necessarily expect it to happen. But if he can make the key saves, the Rangers might be able to counterattack and get past that defense on Pittsburgh and go the other way. And I think that is potentially the defining point of this this series. Rangers are really strong in net. But we don't know what's happening in Phil, in uh, Pittsburgh's net. We do not know what's happening. Phil uh, Fleury's close to returning. Matt Murray got conked by Braden Shen's asshole. If you go, that was go rough, back, man. If you if you watch the replay, he got. I've watched got, that. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I've watched that a handful of times. I mean, he got I, hit in the head with an ass. It is what it is. But like, if you watch it, doesn't look that severe. Like it, it didn't. Look it didn't look like Shen. Worthy. It didn't look like Shen tried for it. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. But before but- Matt Murray, like they left Matt Murray in the HL to mature, which was a great idea because he's a great goalie. Um, and he killed it the year before. But Zadkoff is no premier. He's backup. no Murray. He's no Murray, and he's no. He's flurry. no. He's no premier backup. And you know what? Honestly, I I, I know this is a digression, and I, I apologize, but. That's an awesome model. If you got a guy like Matt Murray in the AHL who you know, like he should have, he should have been the Pens' backup goalie the whole year. Correct, based on talent alone, he should have yeah. been. Okay, yeah. 
keep him in the AHL the whole freaking season and then call him up right at the end, shift Zetkoff off. Thanks, Zetkoff, for your services. We got the guy. Perfect model. You know what I mean? Per- perfect <laughs> model. And But during the regular season, when the Penguins were struggling, it was Flurry that kept him in the games. Yeah, and not so, Zetkoff. They barely gave Zetkoff any games. No, Flurry Flurry did a great job. So we talked about McDonough's injury. We talked about Stahl's potential injury on the Rangers. Well, we, we want to Ger- talk about what you want to talk about is Mata's out for well, Pittsburgh. Mata's Mata's one, but Malkin's one too. Malkin's out. The the interesting angle here is the uh I know I said it the last series. Bottom six, man. Like you got young kids on both sides on the bottom six. Like on the Rangers, you got Lindbergh, JT Miller. Kreider, uh, guys like that. But then you look at uh, the Penguins, they've got guys like Kuhn Hackle, Sheary, Brian Rust, like, and they're all playing well. Like, all those kids are good. Like, and they're wild cards. Like, uh, a lot of these kids have never had any uh, p- uh, playoff taste. You know what I mean? They've never been in the playoffs. Like, you don't know how they're going to react. You know, like, as Red Wings fans, like, we think we talk about uh, Gustav Nyquist, you know, a like, guy like that. Like, oh, yeah, he was pretty good during the regular season, guy we need, but then you, you get to the playoffs and he's a, a giant firework dud you know what I mean like that happens so I think that I think the bottom six matchup and I I, we're gonna say that for every series I know that but the bottom six matchup in this series is really interesting because it's young on both sides and ultra productive on each side but what side is going to succumb to inexperience like what what side is going to succumb to inexperience and just bottom out that's what I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to because both sides on defense they got puck movers and the goaltending like I I really think it's gonna come down to that bottom six. It very well could. Um, in the Rangers' bottom six, I do like the physical element that Tanner Glass brings to the game. I don't think he's a great hockey player. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> I don't either. But but nope. Dominic Moore is a real solid. Defensive forward down Matt the Cullen middle. pretty much wipes out Dominic Moore. Like they're the same player, and they wipe each other out. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, one last point on the Penguins, besides the fact that Malkin may miss the entire series. If he comes back, though, if he comes back at the end of the series, or they get through and, and he comes back in the next round, man, when you add Evgeny Malkin to that roster, the way Benino's playing with Kessel and Haglund, the way that Crosby's playing with Hornquist and Kunitz, and then the way that all those young kids are playing, you are adding such an elite force. And I don't no, think you I don't break think you up, break up any of it. Playoff hockey goes back to line matching, basically with coaches. You go to line matching, and you go to spreading your ice time as thin as you can. Because to make it through the 16 wins of winning a Stanley Cup, you can't over you can't overextend guys. So, well, how do you integrate Malkin back in? You don't, man. Like, just for the first two games, put him on the third line. Like, just leave those other two lines alone, man. Like, that's what I'd do. Yeah, leave those other two lines alone. I would, too. And just throw them on the third line and chill. You know what I mean? Like, okay. It, it, it'll boost your power play. If you're putting uh, Evgeny Malkin, who's not fresh, on that third line, you're freeing up a lot of minutes that you can use them on special teams. And that 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 could be the dagger. It, like, you, the, like you pretty much pointed out. That, that could be the dagger, man. Speaking of the defense, um, Pittsburgh adds... Daly and Schultz down way, the stretch. Way more uh, puck moving. It's been, yeah, a lot, a lot more puck moving from from the blue line. They're playing uh, an aggressive game, an offensive game. They decided to go ahead and play the game that that roster was constructed to play, and and that's been that's been the biggest difference. 
Chris Letang, potential Norris candidate. A lot of people are saying that. 16 goals and 67 points in 71 games. Chris Letang's hot, just as hot as Crosby. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. It does come down to that goaltending situation for my money. We don't know what we're going to get out of Flurry or if we're going to get either one of them in net. We got to pick it, man. We got to wrap this this series up. Who do you got in this series? Before we started this conversation, I had my heart set on Pittsburgh, and I still do because I don't because I don't know about the goaltending. If I knew about the goaltending, I'd pick, I'd pick Pittsburgh, but I don't know about the goaltending, so I can't pick against Lundqvist, man. Because the, because like you said, both both are puck moving defenses. The bottom six is young on each team, and they can all skate. And I understand Malkin will come back, but if you're going on goaltending alone, I got to go Rangers and six. I, I don't like that pick, by the way. I, I think the Penguins will win, but because we don't know officially what the goaltending situation is, I got to go Rangers and six. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Pens in six. Penguins have gone eight, two and oh in their last 10. The goal differential is plus 42. The what I had to do for this matchup because it's so tight because of all these circumstances, goaltending, defense, injuries, key injuries, McDonough, Malkin. I mean, just go down the list. There's so many different circumstances here. I had to go to underlying numbers. Pittsburgh is killing it in Corsi, man. They're killing it, 52.7. They're not playing with a high PDO, and their shooting percentage five on five is actually lower than the Rangers. I I just I think they can even take it up to another level. So. I like both our picks. I don't like both our picks. It's going to be a hell of a series, man. All right, so that wraps up the Metropolitan. So we're on to the Atlantic Division. The Florida Panthers take the division. They take the season series against the New York Islanders, who they'll face in the first round. It's the second playoff berth for the Panthers in the last 15 seasons. The Panthers haven't gotten out of the first round since 95-96 when they went to the Stanley Cup final, man. But you know what? The Islanders haven't had good success either, man. They haven't gotten out of the first round since 1993. So this is a battle of two teams that desperately need to get out of the first round. Where do you start? It comes down to injuries, man, and not injuries, but injuries and goaltending. You know, I mean, if you're if you're the Panthers, you got Luongo on that, man. Like Montoya's had a. If you actually look at Montoya's numbers, Montoya's had a very good year. So if if something were to happen to Luongo, they're good with Montoya. But New York, Thomas Grice, you'd agree with me. He he's looked like the better goalie this season. Well, he had until he had to take the number one spot. Yes, yes. I'm for the most part, he did look like the better goalie. And then Halak's out, and Halak hasn't been back. And but Halak is close to returning. And we have no idea what's going on with that net. Like like you just alluded to, Grice has dropped off. Halak's been out of the picture. And honestly, I've watched a few games where they play J.F. Barubi, and Barubi's a really good goalie. And you know what's even fun, more funny about that is, or funnier about that is, uh, I think he's a product of the King system. Like that King system just pumps out those goalies. But um, Anders Lee is a really, a really gritty guy. And ha- if the Islanders have any chance in any playoff round, they need to have Hamannick. And if he's done, man, he's done. The, the the only injury that Florida has is Trocheck, and Trocheck's going to be back within a week. Am I wrong? Trocheck should be back within a week or whatever. He should he, be. He should be. And they're they're on fire. They're playing good team hockey. The Islanders have just like like surfed along that coast all year of like a playoff team and 
whatever have you. You know, and that's why they got the wild card. You know, like they they're they're just kind of in and out, in and out, in and out, and they've had injuries. I don't, man. Had had the season been another month, I think the Islanders would have dropped out. They would they they, um, wouldn't, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. They've been they finish up pretty much just above middle of the pack in everything, but their course is not good at all. Their possession is not good. The only thing that they've succeeded at is face-off wins and penalty killing. Capuano faces a, a, a big challenge here. Capuano's got to get this team out of the first round. He's been around that organization for a long time. He's starting to break records. I think if Capuano fails to get this team out of the first round, regardless of the injury situation, we might be looking at some big changes beyond the fact that they're playing in, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. I don't give the Islanders too much hope. I don't think you do either. The one thing that I do like about them, though, I, I must say, is they've got probably the best fourth line in hockey, man. Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck, they're so good, man. They're they're hard-hitting. They're mean. They're in your face. What the Islanders need, a lot of people want to focus on John Tavares. There's nothing wrong with John Tavares. He put up 30 goals. What they What they banked on, in my opinion, was Brock Nelson and Ryan Strom, coming good and playing even better than they did last year. And when I look at those two players from last year to, to this season, there's a big drop-off. There's a big disconnect and the chemistry is not there. Nope. The other thing that I love about the Islanders, though, I love Franz Nielsen, man. I know you agree. When the Islanders struggled years ago, he was their second-line center. And he performed ad- admirably. He's a, he's great defensively, great on the draw. Not great on the draw, but he's, he's decent enough on the draw. And he's got the he's got the hockey IQ, but what you were just alluding to is they they actually wanted more out of those guys, and what they got was Tavares as a first line center, and Nielsen he should be a third line guy, but like the Islanders don't have that second line guy down the middle, and that's what's killing them. Yeah, that's that's more or less what I was alluding to is Nelson and or Strom should have, you know, I think they they pined away for them to take over that, that secondary scoring, and it just hasn't happened. And the goaltending no. hasn't been great. Even when Halak was in, it wasn't great. And through the last eight starts, they've split them between Christopher Gibson and and Berube, so, or I'm sorry, uh, and Grice. So, yeah, it it doesn't look good. So, but let's talk about the, the Panthers for a minute. I think we're both, you know, putting the Panthers past the Islanders in this first round. What do you like about the Panthers? What do you not like about the Panthers? Um, it's not just Luongo's an all-star. He's a he's a dual-time gold medal-winning Canadian Olympian. But um, he's been to a cup final, man. That he has. He went to another level with the Canucks and got to a cup final. And now he's back with the other team that gave him a chance. And the Islanders got no goaltending. And Luongo... Luongo can, Luongo can carry him. There's, there's no doubt about I think, it. I think Luongo's got this, man. I just, I, I, I don't see any other way. I think he does too. And you know, the, the, the strength down the middle is, is insane in Florida. The way that they've developed those centers, the way that they're being played by Gallant, who, for my money, should be up for the Jack Adams at least in the conversation. But Alexander, Alexander Barkov wanted to become quickly become one of the best two way centers in the league. Nick Bugstad. Second line center between Smith and Jokinen. There's natural chemistry there. Uh, and the fact that Trocek, arguably one of their best players, if not their best player, as quoted by Yarmir Yager, as you stated last time we spoke, 
He's so, out. Likely to be back towards the end of the of the series. If the Panthers can make quick work of the Islanders, I say rest him, bring him around for the second round, or maybe insert him later into, into the matchup. The only thing, and by the way, I love the defense. Brian Campbell is one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. I'm pretty sure he leads the league in plus minus. I should have checked that out. And Aaron Ekblad is already an elite level defenseman. He came into this league as a man, as a as a legit man elite level. Yeah. It's it's crazy how good that kid is. Yep. But two things that I don't like about the Panthers, and then we can move on. They're twenty third in power play, twenty fourth in penalty kill. Special teams suck. Five on five, they're eighth in goals per game, seventh in goals against average. So there you go. That's top ten. They balance it out. In they, the playoffs, I am. <clears throat> they don't call penalties as much. That's right. They're coming in hot. Seven three and zero in their last ten. I don't like the fact that the PDO is a little high. There's a couple of weird underlying numbers that suggest that the Panthers might be in over their heads. But I agree. I think they take the Islanders. I have got them in five. What about you? I agree with you. Five Panthers in five. I want to say six. I want to say six because I kind of want to give the Islanders more credit than that, but. Nah, it's sealed. Let's move on, man. Man, where 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 do we start? Where where the hell do we start with this one? Well, okay, head to head, they're even. That shit don't even matter. <laughs> that shit don't even head to matter. head. They're head to head, head to head. They're two and two. But I guess we could start with last season, right? First round matchup. Wings losing seven. If Cromwell played game seven. I'm of the mind that Wings advance, but that's just me. But then look what happened. Tampa Bay went all Tampa Bay went all the way to the cup final. They did, and I don't think Cromwell, though, would have scored three goals. And that's the problem is we got shut out. But we've seen that from the Wings like uh, years before. Remember when uh, we lost in game seven to the Hawks? They went on to win the cup. So <laughs> beat Detroit and go to the finals. That's, that's how it goes. Dude. I've I looked at all the numbers underlying and apparent for way too long, way too long. <clears throat> Tampa Bay's better team. You know, we we touched on all this when we talked about the Lightning in depth in our first episode. We talked about the triplets line having to reconnect. Tyler Johnson being the number one center, he's questionable, right? Druin's re uh, Druin's reintegration into the lineup. Yep. He slides in next to Nemesnikov and Kalorn, and that line actually looks really good. I kind of see in Nemesnikov the possibility to be that next Silverberg or Taravainen in the postseason. I really do. I just see it in the kid, or, or Druin himself. So we'll see. <sighs> we'll see. But Stamkos and Strawman are a huge, huge loss. And I guess what I take from this is when we're extracting Strawman and Stamkos from a roster and I still am left feeling like Detroit's the worst team. It doesn't speak much to the Red Wings and that's how you feel. That's how I feel. That's how you feel in what aspects in possession and special teams in goal scoring and goals against. I mean, Tampa's fifth in goals against the 13th. Scrap, in goals. scrap the numbers, just how they play like and, and players that are on the roster right now. I think, Detroit has the 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 benefit of the veteran presence in Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. And I think if there's going to be any difference from Detroit's side of things, I think that it could be that veteran interjection, especially with Datsuk 
quite possibly leaving the NHL at the end of the season. There might be extra motivation, but I haven't seen enough from from Nyquist and Tatar on the on that secondary. Screen. I don't know, man. With all with with those with those big name guys out in in Tampa Bay, I just I have a hard time counting Detroit out on this one. I really do because I think they got the veteran presence to get it done. Who does Detroit start in net? <clears throat> I think it's got to be Howard. And there's if if we're gonna if we're gonna extrapolate the injuries from Tampa Bay, and then we're gonna extrapolate the veteran presence from Detroit, because we can't really count on the youth scoring. Tatar and Nyquist and Larkin are not scoring of late. If we're gonna set all that aside, who would you rather have in net, Ben Bishop or one of the two Detroit goalies right now? I think Howard's the best goalie in this matchup right now. I just I see Detroit's def- defense struggling. With Tampa Bay's depth, even without Stamkos in the lineup, they've got too much what speed. What about Strawman? Yeah, Strawman's Strawman's big, but come on, man! Even without Strawman, they've still got Matt Carl, Jason Garrison, Braden Coburn. They still have a lot of veteran defenders that can take care of their own zone. I don't see that in Detroit. I just don't. I like Kyle Quincy. I like Nicholas Cronwall. We just had this whole conversation last time we spoke. I just don't see anyone that's stepping up. If there's gonna be Someone from the Red Wings that's that's going to step up, it's probably going to be like a Athanasiu, you know, like a Tatar, one of those young guys. I mean, Larkin's one of the most exciting things that that the Red Wings organization that the has N- going that the for NHL them. has going for him. Yeah, no, agreed, definitely agreed. Larkin, that's a good point, man. Because if anyone's due for a bounce back, it's Larkin. It's Larkin. It's Larkin, man. Like Larkin's Larkin's due. I think Larkin's due. I really do. Um, and in this series, Tampa Bay's got so many injuries that they could do it, man. If Howard turns it on, and I'm with you, I, I they they should start Howard. They should start Howard. Well, the the statement was made down the stretch. So, well, they're they're both five five and zero oh in their last ten. Um, they're. They're matched in the regular season in terms of wins versus losses. So it's it's going to be a battle. What do you got in this series, man? What's your what's your end game here? I got wings in seven. Oh, it kills me, man. I've got Tampa in seven. Should be interesting, really. I, I, I think either team could come out of this. I really do. And since we the general consensus pick of the other matchup here in this division is the Florida Panthers. It's going to be a tight one in the next round, too. <laughs> it really is. Yep. All right. So did we just get through the East? I think that, we did. That is the East. Well, uh, to cut that out, man, that's uh, that's all we got for the Eastern previews. Um, we will definitely be posting up a Western preview, which we're actually, um, quote, unquote, not going to record right now. Uh, end quote, <laughs> but yeah, you'll see that on there. We're just trying to push out uh, more content. Well, we're trying to keep them in about you know eight to twelve minutes for each matchup, so we don't want to give you this giant file that you've already had to download twice from us already. <laughs> so we're going to try to split it right down the middle and give you all the content you need. We're not getting as deep into these matchups as is what we would like to, or maybe what we know. I mean. I, We've got tons and tons of notes. We've been researching. Uh, some of this is 
I mean, it's just just personal opinion. I mean, we've been we're connoisseurs of the game, like you listeners. If you're listening to a hockey podcast, you're listening to our hockey podcast. Our hockey. You are a connoisseur of the game. Yes, sir. So we will. The, the great thing about rushing through these, I know some of you guys have have maybe some of you like the 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 detail that we pay attention to every little topic that we bring up. The reason we're rushing through this is because we've got entire series to play out. This isn't a single game. So as we watch these games, I think maybe we can delve a little bit deeper into some of these underlying numbers and, and statistics and talk about the real game that's happening now. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll probably be giving you one after we do the, uh, the, the West podcast, I'm sure once we're a couple few games deep into the entire playoff spectrum, you're going to put all the work on us and we're probably going to have to uh, give you an episode where we delve into those underlying numbers and uh, start explaining why what's happening is happening. Once we get three, four games deep into uh, the first round. Um, But yeah, that's it for our East preview. Catch us on our West preview. 